Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Let's Talk TV Live on the Blog Critics Radio Network, brought to you on Blog Talk Radio by Cinchcast. Um, it is freezing, freezing, freezing oh, yeah. cold in Chicago. As I am looking at my computer, it says it is 14 degrees outside. Yep. So, oh my God. so I am talking too. to I am talking to Jimmy Jerome Wetzel TV, also known as James Daly. Um, how mm-hmm. is it in uh, in Ohio? Yeah, I think we were down the team today too. I I just heard in the news that there at least a part of each of the fifty states had below freezing temperatures today. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Yep. And you know what? Several inches of snow on the ground at my house. You know, people are going to say, oh, well, see, there's no climate change. And it's like, bull crap, because that is, <laughs> it, this, this, this weather, this extreme weather is caused by global warming. Totally is. See, that's, totally why, that's why the term global warming, even though it's accurate, is probably not the best one to use because right. it confuses people. It climate does change people. is better. That's why I always use climate change. And we are also joined tonight by our heart Chrissy, Christine Piccolo. Hot welcome. And she's got some laryngitis tonight, so she's going yeah. to have her sultry voice on. Um, <laughs> when I get a cold in my... It's not one of those shows, but... <laughs> well, when I have, when I have like, um, like dealing with bronchial stuff, um, my mm-hmm. husband says I sound like Kate Jackson, and so I have my oh, Kate Jackson. I have my no, Kate I think Jackson. I sound like I think I sound like Minnie Mouse on Heroes. <laughs> 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 and that goes along with the Once Upon a Time theme, because it is all about yeah, the Disney, right? So right, um, right. tonight, 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 we're going to talk a little bit about Once Upon a Time um, for about fifteen minutes that I'm allotting. And then I want to talk about my new obsession, The Walking Dead. Finally, you got her on board, Jimmy. Yeah. (laughs) And so I watched, I'm all caught up. Are you guys not proud of me? I am completely caught up. And I've watched watched the entire season, and I've even gone back and watched the episodes that I sort of missed as I was kind of barreling through. And and now I'm going to start over again. (laughs) Now I'm going to start all over again. And, oh my goodness. Um, because you know the hiatus is going to be um, two weeks. There are only two more episodes until they go on mm-hmm. hiatus. Until is it February or March? February. February. So it's not too long. Um, well, they do and, this every year, so now you have to wait like the rest of us. They only do eight okay. episodes at a I'm, time twice a year. I'm fine. I'm cool with it because <laughs> what that gives me the opportunity to do. And I'm really excited about this. Is I'm going to go back and I am going to do all of these different um, uh, articles, essays, um, features, commentaries, whatever you want to call them. But they're not going to be episode by episode. There's no possible way for me to go back to season one, episode one, and just do it for all the episodes. But what I am going to do. Do I sense, do I sense a book chasing walkers coming out? <laughs> Walking after walkers. No, no. Although there's enough, there's enough really cool, exciting stuff in it to do a book. Um, mm-hmm. and, but I'm sure there there are books out there. I'm positive there are books out there. Oh yeah. Um, on The Walking Dead, many books, and I'm not going to compete with that. No, no. Um, going in other directions. Um, I am working on a science fiction book, however, and uh, zombies will be a very important uh, part of that. So. Um, because zombies are more, you know, the thing with zombies, and I'm not a big zombie fan, as you guys both know, but the thing right. about zombies is people think of them as part of the horror genre. And in reality, zombie stories, zombie movies, zombie novels, more modern ones, are actually science, more in the realm of science fiction. So they kind of, you know, uh, cross-genre science fiction uh, horror because they're almost always started by a virus and our misuse of science. And um, you know, we have the knowledge we have the knowledge but we don't have the wisdom to use it and it, it always comes to bite us in the butt, butt or in the neck, um, as it were. <laughs> and um 
so so big part of in fact I wrote an article about the zombie phenomenon um like maybe six, seven months ago. And anyway, so this book about science fiction is definitely gonna about zombies. And um so, you know, we'll see. But I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna write um I already have um an article that I started. I haven't had a chance to to go far in it yet. But it's basically um, going to be is what do the major character deaths in the series tell us about the survivors? And I'm going to take each of the major, like the core cast deaths that have happened over the four plus seasons of the show. And often those main characters have been killed by other main characters, ultimately, or put out of their misery by other main characters. And what do those actions do to the people who do that? So I'm going to explore. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, look what you know, Carl. You know, sounds interesting. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. So what I have to kind of do is go back and look at all those character deaths, um, and and see what part our you know our intrepid crew of survivors um, had in all those deaths. I mean, obviously Lori's death. You know, Carl was the one to put a bullet into her head. Um, right. But that's but that was the second time. That was the second time he put a bullet in the head of somebody he like loved, Turn Walker. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And Shane, uh, so Shane was very pivotal too. Yes. Yeah, oh, show! Oh my gosh, Shane was incredibly. I pivotal. totally forgot. Yeah. And right. Otis. Oh I mean, Otis was and Otis? the best character on the show. Yeah, even though he wasn't a core character, um, you know. But he but did I'm everything. Gonna, he did. So I'm going to look at all of those characters, Dale's death. I mean, all of these, all of these deaths. Um, and so I'm going to look at them and uh, and really explore what it did to not just the group of survivors, because you know that's going to be the obvious thing, but what did it do to the main characters? So Carol obviously killing Lizzie. Um, oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. That was and I did. I went back and watched the show. And you know, so main characters of our of our original of our core crew, who of them have killed other main characters? So, so definitely Rick has, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Carl. Well, Carl's only killed them as walkers, which I think. But that's okay. Good. That's still, but still, that's. Traumatic. Well, yeah, but it, it, it does make a difference. Yeah, it does. But there's still that the act of doing that is horrific. Mm-hmm. Even oh, yeah. though, Absolutely. or or doing it not after they, but but not no, not necessarily after they've turned though. I mean, Lori hadn't turned yet. He was doing it; she wouldn't turn. He well, shot right. her. She, she was dead, but she hadn't turned. She hadn't turned. Right. So that's a right. different, that's a completely different beast, so so to speak. Well, we did, we saw something similar with Bob here a couple of weeks ago. Right. He was getting ready to turn and they had to put him down. Exactly. So who who hasn't done one of those? Has Daryl? I don't think Daryl has actually I done that. I think most of them haven't. Oh, no, he did. Wait, wait, wait. He, 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 uh, he killed Walker and Merle. Merle. He killed Merle. Yeah. Which was Meryl, oh, yeah. that was a good one. Oh man, talk about try and and you know what? I think it was when I was watching that episode, the idea came to me because it just tore him apart to do it, and the way that he did it, he kept stabbing him over and over and over, and every single bit of Daryl's tortured past went into that hacking up of Walker Merle. Um, so anyway, that's that's kind of a taste. So that's one article I'm going to do. Um, another article I'm going to do is I'm going to take a look at each season's story arc as a whole and kind of explore that for the symbolism of the story. And then I'm going to do another article that's going to look only at the titles of the episodes. Oh, that's a good idea. And take a look and see. I was thinking somebody was saying... You know, the season finale last year um, was called A, 
and people were wondering why it was called what a, what an odd name for a well the the obvious was the train car but well but not it was not only the train car so every door they walked through in that compound mm-hmm. was labeled a yeah, I mean, there's always multiple levels, I think, on just about every episode title. But, so, yeah, that, that was – they definitely had that theme of ushering them into that. So, but, you know, it's there's a TV, an old TV show called Let's Make a Deal. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yep. you want to choose what's behind door A, door mm-hmm. B, or door C. And they kept choosing door A. And yeah. um, so, well, you know, there was like – yeah, and and yes, right. And um, so, what is the significance of choosing to walk through the same door all the time? Over, oh, um, right. You know, so I'm gonna so I'm gonna take a look at only the titles. So, um, and and I that's always for me, even with House and with Once Upon a Time in its first couple seasons, the title of the episode always um, really you know, with a, an avatar for what was what was going to happen and, and symbols. But but Walking Dead just uses symbolism all the time, which oh, yeah. I, love, I love that. So it's really cool. It was... And I and I noticed that one of the exact co exact producers and writers on the show is Seth Hoffman, who, all you House fans, um, he wrote for House and produced on House for several seasons. Um, and he was one of the few writers that I actually never interviewed. So um, I'm going to see if I can um, perhaps uh, find a way to, to, to get to interview him. You know, one of the hard things about writing about Once Upon a Time, I was telling this to Chrissy earlier, writing about Once Upon a Time is, A, I'm jumping in in season five which is, like, everyone's established blogs are already established. Yep. And everyone's writing about The Walking Dead. Time magazine. <laughs> right. Variety. The Hollywood Reporter. Huffington Post. The Nerdist, of course, because The Nerdist is, of like, you know, Chris Hardwick, right? Me. Um, right, right. <laughs> who I love. I love, I totally love his show, After Colbert. I did, too. I hated Tosh. I really hated Tosh. But Chris Hardwick's show is is fun and it's lighthearted and it's not mean, you know. Tosh was just no, mean, right? And so I really like Chris Hardwick in general, and I'm I'm loving that he does the Talking Dead. Um, so Have anyway, you watched so much of the Talking Dead? I've watched I watched the first I watched the episode uh, Sunday night, and I don't know how to get. The other episode. Yeah, it's not like they release them on DVD or anything or Netflix. You know that Talking Dead pulls in higher ratings than Mad Men or Breaking Bad. I it doesn't pull in the same know. rating as A Walking Dead, but it's very well regarded. I was Crazy. looking. You know, it's funny. I was looking at the ratings um, today in Variety, yeah. the cable ratings yeah. for um, television, uh, for cable rather, um, and it was like. Every, like, I looked at the top ten and, like, Walking Dead, Talking Dead, and Walking Dead additional airings have gotten, like, they're, like, dominating the top ten. It's, like, ridiculous. Well, The Walking Dead is now beating the NFL in the demos for the last year. Which is unheard of on television. Unheard of. Well, you know, they were saying, and I don't know if you saw, um, if you saw uh, the ratings by hour. Um, and, uh-huh. and everyone was saying, okay, you know, uh, Once Upon a Time was a little bit down from last week, but and they lost a little bit. They lost a small amount in the second hour. They lost a half a million viewers in the second hour. That's a, lot of people, that's a lot of people to lose for a second hour. Yeah. Well, Especially when the show's only, only pulling in 2.6 million to begin with. Well, you were one of those, weren't you? I saw your tweet. I was one of those. Yeah, I was one of those. I definitely abandoned abandoned Once Upon a Time at the hour. I've still not gone back. and um, I did watch it, but we talked about it earlier. So before I, I want to talk about Once Upon a Time, but I have to share with you guys, I have the 
most delightful new fan. Speaking of House, you know, it's the 10th anniversary of the first episode of House this week. So how exciting is that? And actually, because the show premiered on Tuesday night, tonight's the night, guys. Tonight's the actual 10th anniversary. So happy anniversary, House, even though it's not on anymore. But I have a delightful new fan. He, he he reached out to me through my agent. His name is Andreas. His name is Andreas. I'm just going to give you his first name. I don't want to give you his last name. Um, he is a priest in Argentina. And, oh, wow. Yeah. And he wrote me a, a lovely email. And I just got an email from him. Um, and he talks about his mother had been ill. And it... Uh, she has pheo, pheochromocytoma, which was a house thing, and he researched a lot about medicine. And he says, he says, well, house is an atheist, and he says he fights with, and he sa- says he fights with God so much, in fact, which is a big argument I make in the house. Like you don't fight with God if you don't believe in God. Um, right. And then he says, as you say, house is a good demon or fallen angel who does good but doesn't doesn't like to do good. Um, what I admire most is the search for the right thing beyond those liked for others. So he is a huge fan of House, and he is a huge fan of mine, and I know he can't be listening to me now because he's in Argentina. But if you're listening, Andreas, hola. So I, he's, it's, like, lovely. I have this lovely correspondence going with him. And um, I wonder if he knows. I wonder if he knows Pope Francis. <laughs> it's possible Argentina. You know, he's a he's a priest. Could be. Uh, I am not Catholic, but I really love uh, I love Pope Francis. He's a cool guy. Anyway, so let's talk about um, Once Upon a Time for a little bit, and then I want to go back to talking about The Walking Dead episode Consumed. So we're going to spend the next ten fifteen minutes on. Once upon a time. So as you said, Jimmy, as I tweeted Sunday night, I turned it off at the hour. And I was, you know, I was I was debating with myself before the before Once Upon a Time aired whether I was gonna make it all the way through the two hours and I would I said, um I to someone, I don't know if it was you or it was to somebody else, I said, um, we'll have to see what the first hour brings because if I'm compelled to keep watching, I'll keep watching and I'll watch The Walking Dead afterwards. Um, Mm -hmm. But the last scene before they went to the hour break was um, that scene. Now I can't even remember what it was. It made me so mad. What was the scene right before the break? Was the one with Hook? The one with with, um, with the... No, but yeah, that hook was was in his right in his um. It goes it goes off in gold right in gold shop. shop right and and, and he was talking about how gold was oh yeah you know, and how he was and evil and and, yeah. and you know and all Queenie this other stuff. Like, it was Queenie. She was telling that to Emma. She'd made the car crash, and then Queenie shows up in a vision and is saying. Don't go there. You can't trust it. He's evil. He always wants to. Oh, no, no, no. I know what what it was. I know. I know what it was. It was when he said, it was when he said, um, I'm not, see, I'm going to get my way without betraying anyone in Storybrooke except for Emma Swan. And that lost me. That I was done. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so mad. I, I just can't even uh, yeah, I. You know what? It, it, and I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again, and then I'm going to turn it over to you guys because I'm disgusted with the show. Right now. Um, I'm still not. I'm still convincible. And with Jane Espenson doing the next episode, I'm probably going to watch um, just to see if she can redeem the show a little bit in my eyes. Um, I mean, a lot of people love the show, uh, and you know, more to it. You fine great um it's not for me anymore but um i i'm just so disappointed and then okay this is the other thing i wanted to say 
Cruella DeVille. Oh, my God. So, in what universe is she a fairy tale character? Or a, or a legend character? Or a part of folklore or mythology? She is a Disney creation. Like, yes. Yeah. Oh, the bottom good. line is that the show is now all about Disney. It's not what it was in the beginning. You either got to get on board or get off. I mean, that's basically right. That's basically how it. Either you go it. along with that, or you say, you know what? Nice run. The show had a good two and a half seasons, and after that, you know, and it and it actually makes my question that I asked him and Eddie at Comic-Con about whether they feel that there's a danger in too much Disneyfication of the show. Yeah. And they didn't give me a straight answer. Yeah. The other thing that occurred to me is, I and, and I hope this isn't the case, but and Chrissy, you and I were talking about this earlier, mm-hmm. was that all the, all the actors on the show all the actors that are in the main action of the show are 20-somethings or 30-somethings, except for Robert Carlyle. Right. And, and, and what's pretty typical of TV shows. Yeah, yeah. Well, but part of me has to, part of me has to wonder if they're trying to marginalize that character. Because he doesn't appeal, quote unquote, to the demographic. You know, I, I don't think so. I think he was a very popular character. I think they just didn't know what to do with him. They yeah. had a good ending, and they had to keep him, and they didn't know where to go with it. Yep, would have been so much. And and The Walking Dead has young characters too, but they have their yeah. fair share. Their their um, the ages yeah, of their characters dead, you know. is well spread out. It, it was. Now we've kind of lost our old people, but. Hopefully no, we'll get a few back. But, we'll get but okay, we'll in. look at Carol. I mean, uh, Melissa McBride is... Right. She's not old, late, but, I mean, she's got gray hair, but she's not that old. She's in her late 40s. Yeah, 40s. I, I mean, she's so, not old. Well, like, like, not like, old. Like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not old. Well, the other thing is... No, no, she's not old at Barbara, all. Though. Well, no, I don't know. You. And neither is Carlisle. Right. What I said to you earlier was that it's 18 to 49 demographic, but you yeah. see they're tailoring the show to the for 20s, 20s, teens, and young 20s. I mean, but the fact of the matter is that the longevity of the show the sh- lies within the older crowd, quote, 30s and 40s, I guess, that yeah. are going to want to watch it. Day in and day out. The fact of the matter is, is that teens, tweens, adolescents—you know—their attention span is very, very minimal. And okay, maybe they might get hooked on one aspect or another, but I mean, for the longevity of the show, I just feel like they're missing the boat by by completely. I mean, the, the main thing that I'm upset about is just. I don't like what they're doing to Rumpel because he's yeah. my favorite character on the show. Yeah. And I mean, I just, I just, I don't, I don't get it. And now they ended it. You didn't see it, Barbara, but the second episode, the second episode or the second half of it, basically, uh, Rumpel rips out Hook's Hook's heart. heart. Right. I, I knew that. I was like, what the hell? Listen, everything and deal and everything else that he ever was then was because he was this whole thing about getting back to his son and all that. Now, is they're going to say that, okay, it's because he was locked up, the Wicked Witch had him, and he went crazy for a while and all that. There's been no indication of that. Like, that, that's right. where the point. So, you can't just reset the character and not give us an inkling as to why right. all of a sudden... Right. So there's no so there's no overt text. And they don't need a lot of scenes. But there's also no subtext. You know, if there was subtext, if there was a look, if there was an expression, if the you know, I was even saying before Chrissy to you, even in the rumple scenes and Jimmy, tell me if you disagree, um, 
or if you don't disagree. But even in the rumple scenes, and I love rumple still skin in the rumple still skin scenes, but more often than not in the rumple still skin scenes, you would have a moment, even in those scenes, where there would be a flash of regret, a flash of introspection, yeah. mm-hmm. a flash yep. of melancholy in his eyes. Now he seems, in, even in those scenes, only about the maniacally gleeful part. Right. Or the gleefully maniacal part, gleefully maniacal part. And not at all about this man who's been around for hundreds of years, who's wizened, and yes, he's powerful, and he's the dark one, and he's controlled by the dagger, or, you know, he's got this dagger, and he's he's a dark sorcerer. There was also always that little element of melancholy about him, and that's gone. Yep. So they've really made him, remade him into pure evil. I mean, he's pure evil now. There's nothing about Rumpelstiltskin that is good at all. Nothing. And Tell me if I'm wrong Belle. about it. And even Belle, I mean, she has no clue who, you know, yet. That's horrible. But and Bellicide, you know, Bellicide. It's really I, sad. As much as I like Rum Bell, I'm not a Rum Bell shipper. Like, you know, oh, I have to see 14 scenes with Rum Bell. I don't, I'm not about that. Um, I'm a Rumpelstiltskin fan, or I was. I'm not anymore. Um, And, you know, I know part of me sounds like a bitter fan. Um, Well, you were a fan of who the character was, and I, I mean, it's just they changed it. It's a completely different character now. I wish they would have yeah. renamed him or something. Yeah, they made him into a completely and, – and all that stuff I was saying at the beginning of the season, Jimmy, that you were disagreeing with me about, mm-hmm. tell me that I'm right. Tell me that I'm right now. Well, I wasn't disagreeing with you about how they were training Rumpel. I was just like, – oh, I agreed okay. with your point on, that's true. on what that's they were true. doing with him. But, but the show I've enjoyed stopped. the Frozen story. And, that, yeah. and see, that's the thing with last night or with this week's two-parter is I really liked the Frozen stuff. I thought it tied up that Arendelle stuff neatly, and I really liked Regina's plot, which they're still serving her well, and she's my favorite character. But, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, I love I mean, Regina's Rumble they stuff. ruined. Hook they're starting to ruin. Emma they didn't handle all that well. So, yeah, it's a matter of, I mean, there's certain elements of the show that have stayed good, but there's other elements that have completely fallen apart. So tell me, if I watch the second half of the show... Should, first of all, question one, should I watch the second half of the show or will I, like, throw things at my television? You will probably throw things at your television. Yeah, you'll honest. throw things. There's some pretty blatant rumple crap that should not have happened. Okay. Then I won't watch it uh, because I'm just going to be pissed. Um, okay. So enough about once upon a time. <laughs> 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 um, before we get to Walking Dead, did you watch all of Kitteridge on HBO? I have not. Oh, my God. I watched it. Well, I watched the first part last week, and I watched the second part this weekend, and it is fantastic. They need to give Frances McDormand an Emmy. I so was Jimmy, not expecting to love it as much as okay. I did. So, James, if you go on Big Tent, this is an aside uh-huh. to Jimmy only. Go on Big Tent. Uh-huh. See, what I just <laughs> off, see what I just offered everybody today. Speaking oh, yeah, of I think I saw that in my email, and I hadn't responded to it, but it was it was uh, really fantastic. Grab it then, because it'll go okay. to someone else. Okay. Um, so it, you'll and then write a, write a review of the DVD, which would be excellent. Well, yeah, okay. I was a little. Dis- I even tweeted I was a little disappointed that I feel like I watched it too late to review it as the show. But I so now you have an opportunity if you claim it, right. you can. Uh, well, I'm claim, it. claim. It's like it Give works me. like it looks works like Joe's gang. You have to claim. Give me twenty seconds. I'm logging in now. <laughs> well, I'm. Just, you have time. You have time because I'm not going to respond to anyone um, until later tonight. Um, anyway, so let's talk about consumed. I okay. think. Okay. So let me tell you what I think. Um, I loved it. Anyone who read my review would not be able to tell. I did. I, I really loved it. Um, you know, I mean, I know people kind of complain about, you know, sometimes when an episode is sort of um, 
slow pace and two-hander. Those are the fair weather fans. Yeah, they just want zombie kills. Um, (laughs) I totally loved, first of all, Daryl is, as you as you both know, Daryl has become totally my favorite character. Yeah. He is, and and he's even become more endeared to me after consumed. Um, what a great episode! So, um, so so weigh in, guys. Tell me what you thought. I mean, Carol's my favorite character. Um, She's great. I love her too. I feel like I feel like we keep hitting. Close to the same people, but slightly off on these shows. Uh, but yeah, no, Daryl. No, you know, no, no. Right Carol there, so. is Carol. Carol and Daryl together, and I don't mean shipping them. Oh no, I, yeah, no, I, no. I mean, I kind of do want them in a relationship, but that's not the most interesting thing about yeah, yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Carol and Daryl together <clears throat> are incredibly interesting, and I'm like crazed about the fact that they've been a, they had been apart for so long. Mm-hmm. Before the the, yeah. um, the, the season premiere, um, they'd really kept them apart. And um, last night, I mean, not last night, Sunday night's episode. Um, just and you know what it is about those two characters. I mean, they're two. Um, and I keep taking the podium from you. Is um, they really are both victims of? They're both battered people. Well, you're. You're absolutely right. They kept them apart. But that moment in the premiere when Daryl sees Carol and runs to hug her, it's like no time has passed between them. Like they have this bond that even when Carol's separate from the rest of the group, she gets back with Daryl and they're just instant again. They don't have that awkwardness other characters have. I watched it. I have to tell. Guess how many times I watched it? (laughs) Three. (laughs) Oh, at least. At least. Um, what a great, oh my gosh, I watched that scene and I was like, it, it was, it was amazing. It was an amazing, 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 amazing reunion. And, um, and and, it's so small. I mean, Walking Dead's good at doing a lot with something small like that. And I love what Daryl Reedus did when Rick came up to them in the premiere and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, because the last person that would want to be caught in this incredibly emotional moment. I mean, there's no question for Dare. I mean, Carol, you know, she's a girl. She could get emotional. No one's going to think the worst of her. But Daryl to be as emotional as he was in that scene and for Rick to come up behind him, he, he, I mean, I don't know if either of you caught that. In the premiere, he just sort of like froze and just sort of moved away. It's like, ah, yep. did not want to be caught yep. out doing that, you know. Although, you know, Dick, uh, Rick and Daryl, I'm not a, a Rick and Daryl shipper. I'm not trying to combine their names. But <laughs> Rick and Rick and Daryl had a really lovely moment in the season finale after Rick rips the guy's throat out with his mouth, yeah. you know, and Daryl starts to say, you know, he almost, I don't think he says I'm sorry, but it's apologetic when he's explaining why he was with the group. Oh, and he Rick's was just totally like, apologetic. It wasn't an apology. Of course it was right. apology. Yeah, I don't think he said the words I'm sorry, but he was trying to explain and convey his regret. Right. And Rick immediately just goes, you're my brother, you know? Yeah. It, don't worry about it. Don't worry. You're not, Nobody's blaming you. And, and I, so there's that, um, not, I think there is a very, real emotional connection between Rick and Daryl as well that maybe not sure. as much but it's there. For sure. And and that is I think that's important for Daryl. It's important mm-hmm. for Rick. But I think it's important for Daryl because of who his brother was and yeah. his relationship with Merle. Rick um, probably the older brother he wanted or needed. Yeah. But then it oh happened. yeah. Okay, which leads me to the question that Chrissy and I were debating earlier. Because you know, there's a lot of Daryl Beth shippers out there. And okay, wait, 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 wait. So this is my question. My question is, how old is Daryl? I mean, he's got to be close to thirty. No, 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 no,
No, he's not in his 20s. No way. I would say mid to late 30. I think no, 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 no. No, I would go younger than that. I would go around 30. He's younger than
I think that's very telling. I mean, maybe, you know, why he flinched with that. Obviously, he's been abused. I mean... Well, yeah. I mean, um, we know from the scene, from, from the episode with um, Merle after um, yeah. they leave, the, you know, after he goes off with him and they get right, into right. a tussle and Merle rips right. his vest and sees yeah. the scars on his back. And she yeah. just actually explained that in that scene where Carol kisses him on the forehead after Sophia, that you can't right. see it on camera, but his back was completely covered with scars. Oh, wow. And so he pulls the blanket up. He flinches and he pulls the blanket up because he doesn't want anyone to see. He's he's in right. shame. And somebody like that getting into a physical relationship with a woman or with yeah. anybody, if anybody yeah, that would be incredibly be. difficult for him. If he yeah, can see that. that embarrassed. In fact, even when Merle pulls the vest away from him, mm-hmm. if you watch the and see I have the benefit of having watched all these episodes like in a very condensed <laughs> period mm-hmm. of time, which is an advantage right. in many ways. But he actually well, yeah, literally, because now I'm like, I gotta go back and watch that. <laughs> he actually pulls the vest away. Daryl actually pulls it back up. As if it's almost like, you know, when a when a woman's like someone accidentally tears a woman's dress and she's quick yeah, to like yeah. cover up, that was what that was. And um that to me says, Yeah, this is a guy who is not gonna be in relationships easily. And the fact that Carol now probably suspects Yeah. Well that Daryl after you know, she was a battered woman. She was a battered woman for, you know, up teen years. And, you know, she has actually, I mean, her character has come like a total 180 from what she oh, man. was when the show began. And, so. you know, it, and the thing is, 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 you know, in order for them to move forward, even to see what else, you know, to move forward with that character, maybe, you know, her helping him heal might be, Something you know what I mean? Because they sort of—that was the other thing I was going to bring up. Um, they talked about it on the on the Talking Dead a little bit. But the whole the fire and smoke aspect yes. of the episode is yeah. very interesting to me. I, right. You know, every time she sees smoke, and he's, and he's lighting fires. So it's like, okay, right. well, who is is he? Is he cleansing it or is he creating? That's what I was wondering. Is is he, by him lighting the fire? Is he? Is he? Is he trying to deal with something? Is I mean, and with her seeing all of the smoke and the fire going out, so to speak, does that mean that she dealt with it and moved forward? That's so. So, the, so fire, is, fire like water. Well, not water, but fire is both destructive and creative. And you can't, exactly. you can't make. You you need fire to make glass. You need fire to make. Uh, anything that's metal, you need fire right. to to do pretty much everything. Um, and um, so it's pu- fire is purifying mythology. Fire is purifying, right. and I think that um, the fire. I mean, you know, when when Daryl takes um, those uh, people in the shelter, you know, the the, the walkers. Yeah. Who are in shelter, which is again right. another incredibly beautiful scene. I love um, that scene actually. I do, and he and he wraps. You know, it's not, they yeah they burn walkers all the time, but the fact that he wrapped them in muslin, right. um, which is what you would do to someone before you cremate them, is was you know cleansing, almost a cleansing moment, and. Um, as if to, you know, to do that was more than just burning them. It was giving them something, but for Carol's benefit. Um, but, yeah, all the images of smoke and of fire. And, and each of them, you know, she talks about each iteration of herself has been burned away and burned away and burned right, away. Right. Right. So, um, and there's also, of course, the, the myth of the phoenix, right? A phoenix ri- arising out of the ash. phoenix, right, right. So each time, both Daryl and Carol have risen like a phoenix and shed a part of themselves 
to be reborn and renewed as you know as something new. Um, but retaining. So I think, go ahead. I think I'm my sorry. Favorite line from this episode was when Daryl says, "You ain't ashes." You know, exactly. It's very telling how she sees herself and how he sees her, and he's trying to get her to realize something. Yep, you ain't ashes. You know, it's not. She's not. She is the phoenix. She's not the ashes. Yep. Um, although I don't know how much Daryl would, you know, know about the legend of the phoenix. <laughs> but, well, but he does have he does have wings on his back. I just want to point he out. He does, <laughs> and I love that. I love yeah, that sort of that's metaphor. That's very symbolic. Very symbolic. Oh my gosh! I mean, the, the that's like that's with the, the black vest. The black leather vest with the angel wings. I mean, he's like so so much a guardian angel. I called him in one article, one of the two articles that I read, I called him a uh, dark knight. Mm -hmm. Um, So, because that's my favorite, like, image. Like, the idea of, like, the the original Batman being the dark knight. Um, But, like, and House was a dark knight in a lot of ways. But yeah, I mean the angel wings on uh, on Daryl's jacket, just wow. Um, so favorite moments? You just said your favorite moment. What's what's another? What's one of your favorite moments from the episode, Chrissy? Oh me, you're going with me? Yeah. Um, actually, uh, let me think. I mean, of this episode or just all of? No, let's, we're talking about. Let's talk about consumed. Um, this episode. This episode. Actually, yeah. my favorite my favorite part was, and this is really bad, but when, just because it was like such a dumbass thing that, that the guy did, Noah taking Daryl's <laughs> crossbow. Uh-huh. I was like, is this Never take it. Don't be taking his crossbow. He's lost it on multiple occasions, though. Yes. Yeah, he has. But it, it was it was just but it was just like one of those things where I was like, This kid is so stupid. I just yeah. felt like he was a dumbass. Well, <laughs> well no I, no no, he's not a dumbass. He's desperate. He's yeah. trying to fight back on something yeah. that he perceives I mean, he he obviously cares about Beth, even if they were oh, only yeah. married recently once to save her. Oh. And somebody pointed out in Talking Dead this week and I agree that when he's backing away and kind of open the tent, and he goes, you can take care of yourself. He kind of says that, like, oh, I'm seeing who you guys are now, and maybe I'm messing right, with the right. wrong people. So. Yeah. Yeah, really. You know, I, yeah, know I love how quickly he bonds with, with Daryl, because normally when they introduce characters, you're left wondering, like with Father Gabriel, for several episodes, we're like, is he good? Is he bad? What's his right, story? Right. With Noah, because we've already seen a little bit of him, and because they have that right. death connection, he is instantly in. And that's awesome oh, because yeah. I'm excited. I like that actor, so I'm excited. He's yeah, I do too. I do too. Oh well, yeah, so, and too, um, when he was, it was what well, was interesting on the Talking Dead too. He was just like, you know, yeah, I know I've only met, met the girl two days ago, but I'm all in. <laughs> I love that. You know, it's just the character. The old, like, yay, he's gonna the go one help. The thing it. about the episode that did not make sense to me, and it's very rare that I, there's something that doesn't make sense, is how did those people in that uh, crosswalk or the, you know, the, the bridge die. Because if you really think about it, how they're in the sleeping bags and the tents and nothing's okay. destroyed and it's all so very this is, Okay, so this is what I think. Because I watched it uh-huh. a second time. A third time. <laughs> I watched it three times. And you know I really like this show when I watch an episode three times. Oh, yeah. Um, that there were, there was blood. So I'm thinking someone um, robbed them for supplies because there weren't anything. They, they, they looked. There was nothing to take. Mm-hmm. So my guess is that they were they were hijacked and robbed and left to die. And they had no food. They had no whatever. Or they were injured and they died. So I think that that was probably what happened. But normally when the walkers die, then they get back up and they go looking and they were like right. still in the sleeping bags, still in the tent. There was no sign that they tried to get out of the tent at any point. Right. Right, but they could have. I mean, they don't know how to use a zipper. Right, but <laughs> you know, as soon as as soon as they were irritated by the people crossing through there, you know, they're moving the tent around and stuff. That tent is still like standing perfectly when they walk in there. So 
how that scene wasn't disturbed uh, until that point was a little bit confusing to me. Okay, yeah. Like, that, that's a legitimate thing. Did they some, like, gas get pumped in there recently? I mean, it, was, it could be. Now, I have to tell you, I have to tell you, um, hey, you know, um, a lot of people online were talking about, well, that van that was on the bridge, you know, in one scene it was pointing the other way, and it wasn't. I watched it again. No, I watched it for that. No, it wasn't. It was yeah. perfectly fine. Who said it was, who said it was pointing the other way? Oh, a bunch of people. That was crazy. Bunch that was, like, insane because I was like, oh, my God. After all that, and, but you know, what would you do? I mean, I would I would probably have done what Daryl and Carol did in that situation. You so, hope for the best. Right. And I love the fact, I love the fact that she put his hand on her. Uh, he put, she put her mm-hmm. hand on his. And he kind of yeah. looked at that as like, okay. But, okay, right. and the other thing that people were complaining about was the fact that the van ended up on its feet, so to speak. I mean, that is kind of remarkable, looking at what they've gone through. And I don't know, what has to be with them every once in a while. And you know I mean, what? It, 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 it wasn't that far of a drop. I mean, it was 50 feet. So. Right, but it was pointing down. So, yeah. but, yeah. but, but, this is, I think the symbolism of it is more important than anything else, is that like Daryl and Carol, that van landed on its feet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think that was really important. Um, yeah, definitely. So that was that was really cool, um, really cool scene. Um, oh, I want to talk about the final scene. We only have eight minutes left, guys. Um, I want to talk about the final scene, and I want to then pose to the group what do you think is going to happen next. Um, and I am in the process of writing an article that's going to have a poll attached to it uh, to publish later this week called um, – which major character isn't going to make it through the next two episodes? Because no one's no one's died this season yet. Beth, Beth yeah, I think Bob, Bob be. died. Bob was the main character. Oh, that's true. Bob died, but it yeah, but he's a more recent character. Yeah, he, that's true. You know, one of the core groups from like at least back at the farm um, yeah. hasn't died, and. So, I mean, it wasn't a bit, I mean, Bob was tragic and all that, but it wasn't like, a, you know, he was a pretty new it addition. It wasn't like Herschel's death. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Or Lori's or Shane's or, you know, th- he's not part of the, what I call like the original core group of sur- survivors. Um, but talk about that last scene where Carol is run down. Um, and again, people are saying, well, but you know, she doesn't look both ways. I'm like, geez, it wasn't a street, guys. It was just a plaza. Well, and why would she look both ways? How many cars are running through? Uh, well, but it know, wasn't Atlanta. a street. I, there was no. It was I not a street. Just, it was just yeah, a plaza. Just a plaza. And yeah, I do it think was it a is pl- funny that that you know she survives the van van thing and she gets hit by the one car in all of Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. I know. There's an irony there. Hey, oh, man, I, was, I was sure she was faking when they brought her in at the end of the episode. So this is this is interesting. No way. And then yeah. the, the bitch is gonna, that bitch is going to turn off her machines. I mean, I just, they showed the sneak peek on Talking Dead. Spoiler like, alert. Are you for real, bitch? That, that woman, somebody take her out now. She, I just she, she needs to yeah. be zombie food. Now she's got she, a lot of nurse wreckage. She will be. She will be. She'll get her. She'll get her come up. Our Daryl. Oh, Daryl needs to get there. Daryl and Rick and the whole gang. Daryl needs. Daryl needs to save her. Daryl needs to save her. He was yeah, like, "Oh good. my gosh, that scene." Oh, and Jimmy, this is the reason I tweeted you, and I said that uh, that Norman Reedus reminds me a lot of an American Robert Carlyle. Uh huh. And the reason I said that was um, that scene where um, he's struggling against Noah to get away, you know, to get to Carol, and mm-hmm. um, and listening to the talking afterwards, hearing him explain 
that, you know, Rita said, look, I'm just going to try to get away. You have to try to stop me. And that's let's play the scene that way. Reminded me of um, a scene in Stargate Universe um, in the episode Malice where uh, Lieutenant Scott is trying to stop Carlisle from running, from going away and going after, um, uh, what's his name? Um, The guy who killed Amanda. And um, he, in in the uh, commentary track, um, the guy who plays Scott said, yeah, Carlisle said, look, I'm just going to try to get away. You're going to have to try to stop me. And they played it, you know, they rehearsed it for a while. And he's like, no, no, you have to go after me and try to stop me because I am going to leave. And it was like almost like an exact dupe of, of that. And I was then, I, so that got me to thinking um, about, you know, about Redis's approach to playing Daryl is actually, you know, he's kind of, kind of, uh, kind of, same kind of an actor in a lot of ways. Um Dark, uh, plays dark, takes dark roles, um, very much in the moment, an, an actor who's really in the moment when he's acting. Um, so anyway, I just kind of like, it was like, oh, yeah, he's like a American, slightly younger American uh, Robert Carlyle. So that was my observation. You know, well, I've started I started talking with a okay. southern drawl. I've started talking with a southern drawl. It's like <laughs> too much Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. I'm a real mimic when it comes to um, accents because I I've done a lot of acting, and I'm a real mimic. So I will like be talking to someone who's from the UK, and I will just completely like have a British accent by the end of the conversation. <laughs> Not funny. Um, anyway, so we have two minutes left. So, who do you guys think is going to die this season? You think that it's going to be Beth, Jimmy? Yeah. No, it's not going to be. I'm Beth. often wrong, but I think Beth is on the short list of most expendable. I think she is too. I think she's on the yeah. short list. Um, <laughs> that would suck. And not only that, even even just from the standpoint that now that Carl is is now a teenager, they have to bring in them. I mean, if you guys aren't going to power with Daryl, which I think would be great, especially I I just think anyway, I just think it would be great. I mean, wouldn't it be great? Maybe, I mean, they need to have somebody for the poor kid. I mean, okay, he's got well, hormones. Here's the thing: here. the Walking Dead doesn't cater to the romance. If it happens yeah. along the way, fine, but they don't, they right. don't purposely it's much, set it up. I know and, that. Right, it's much more than that. And number two, and this may be a little spoiler, but I think they're heading to D.C. here real soon, and there's going to be a lot of new characters, and there'll be plenty of room to add in, like, what you're looking for. Yeah. So we don't need that. Well, it's not even just the romance portion. It's just the fact that, Car- you know, even just in in the context of the world that they live in now, I mean, that doesn't change your hormones and the way you grow up when you're growing up. And at his age, you still are going to want, you know, you still, it's like your sexual awakening. I mean, they definitely mm-hmm. need to explore that in this new world. So uh, whether it's now or then or whatever, I, I, I'm kind of thinking that Glenn might be uh, set to be killed soon. Not because yet. Yeah. Yeah, but not yet, but I yeah. think eventually in this season for I, sure. I don't, I, don't, I don't think it'll be Glenn. It could be Maggie. No, I don't I think, think it'll be Glenn. either one of them yet, although I can tell you without spoiling, the way the comics handles those two after this, and it's comes a little bit later. It's really interesting, and I kind of hope they echo that in some manner, even though they won't follow it exactly. Okay. Okay. I mean, I don't anyway. think it can't be Rick. It's it can't be Rick. It can't I would, be the show. If I were making the show, I would save Glenn's death a little longer because eventually you are going to have to kill part of that original group, which is really just like Rick, Carl, Daryl, and Glenn no, at this point, yeah. and Carol. And, no, and Glenn would be such a good affecting that one of those five, he's probably the most expendable to me. Anyway. Well, that's what I was and thinking. Would be, he, you save it. You save it though right. for a big moment. Yeah, it's got to be a huge moment. So maybe it would be at the end of the season, not at the end of the half season. Yeah. 
Or, or what Walking Dead might do, like the penultimate episode, just so, so you don't see it coming. Okay, so we are out of time. Um, we're still recording, but the chat room is over. So I'm going to say goodbye to everyone. Okay. Bye, And guys. we will see you guys next week. Yeah, okay. hopefully I'll have my voice. <laughs> okay. I feel Bye. better. Thanks. All right. Talk to you guys later. Okay, great. Thanks. Talk to you later, guys. Bye.